Hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Playmakers. What is up guys? In this video, I'm going to be doing my second episode of Dynasty Talk. That's the weekly Dynasty upload I'm going to have on this channel. I'm going to be putting it out, I think, every Saturday. You know, it may switch up in certain weeks, but that is the plan right now. And I'm going to try to cover, you know, a different topic every single week. And for today's episode, I'm going to be going through my number one Dynasty player at every single position. So running back, wide receiver, quarterback, and tight end, who is my number one player there? And then like the explanation, maybe talk about some other players who are in that range, but then really kind of break down in detail why I do view these players at the number one spot for their position. And while you guys are watching, if you're enjoying the content, please just do me a huge favor, hit that like button and subscribe to the channel. I really appreciate it. And if you guys have any comments on the video, you guys have a different player at number one, let me know down below or just any fantasy questions really. You know, if you have start sits, waiver wire, any of that stuff, drop those down below and I'll be responding to every single person. But let's get started at the running back position where I have Jonathan Taylor as my number one. And I think the majority of the fantasy community would agree with having JT here. I do think it's kind of a two-man race. If you wanted to throw another player in there, it would be DeAndre Swift. I think Jonathan Taylor is clearly the better runner, but Swift is the guy who is definitely the better, you know, more natural pass catcher out of the backfield. And I could see an argument for Swift. You know, I wouldn't say it was a terrible choice to have him as your number one, because if we're looking at like the highest possible upside, right? So if everything goes right for these players, so for Swift, that would be like that offensive line coming together, improving, getting healthy. Maybe they get a quarterback so that offense could actually score. I could see Swift like having the highest possible upside just because he has a, you know, a receiving ability that's much more similar to a guy like Christian McCaffrey or Elvin Kamara, where Jonathan Taylor doesn't really have that. But I just think Jonathan Taylor seems like a lock to be a top tier running back one for the next five plus years. And I just can't pass on that for my number one guy. And there are very few backs in the NFL who can finish as high end RB ones without having that elite receiving volume. Guys like DeAndre Swift, Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, those guys can finish towards the top, but they're getting a ton of scrimmage yards, you know, through receptions. They're getting points for those receptions in PPR and half point PPR formats. But this season, Taylor is doing that without having, you know, those top tier receiving numbers. He's currently number one in points at the running back position and number two in points per game behind Derrick Henry. And he has gotten those points through being totally dominant on the ground. He is towards the top of the league in almost every single rushing stat. And that includes volume stats as well as advanced metrics. So it's not like he's just getting all these touches and that's why he's leading. He's also very efficient when he does get those touches. So right now he is number two in carries, number one in red zone touches, number one in rushing yards, number one in rushing touchdowns, number two in breakaway runs, number one in evaded tackles, number one in dominator rating, number one in yards created, number one in goal line carries, number one juke rate, and he is number two in yards created per touch. So just dominance this season coming from Jonathan Taylor. And I talked about how he didn't have that elite receiving role, but he has carved out a pretty solid receiving role. Nothing crazy, 17th in targets, ninth in receiving yards, but this is just gonna be kind of complimentary production to add on top of that elite rushing ability that I just talked about. So he really doesn't have any major flaws. You know, you could say, I wish he was more involved in the receiving game, but there's really no glaring issues here with him or his profile. 
And so I do think he is very deserving of being the number one dynasty running back. And I think he's probably going to be a top three super flex draft pick. You know, you've got some of those top tier quarterbacks, but I do think he will fall in the top three in most dynasty startups this offseason. Now let's shift over to the wide receiver position where I have Justin Jefferson as my number one. I feel like in the dynasty community, this is a pretty heated debate between Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase for dynasty wide receiver one. Pretty crazy because they were both on the same college team, former LSU teammates. When they were at LSU, Jamar Chase was the better player while also being a year younger than Justin Jefferson. So I do kind of get the hype for Jamar Chase. The man is a monster. We've seen some crazy college production from him as a sophomore, outproducing a guy who has been dominant in the NFL like Justin Jefferson. But I just think this is Justin Jefferson's spot here at number one. And for me, you know, it's not much of a debate. I do understand the argument, but for me, it is pretty clear cut. And that is not a shot at Jamar Chase at all. It's just that Justin Jefferson has been amazing so far in his NFL career. He went out as a rookie, had a historic rookie season, second all-time in receiving yards, fifth all-time in receptions. So that's in terms of like rookie numbers, you know, second in receiving yards, fifth in receptions. He was ninth in the NFL in points per game that season for wide receivers, and he was sixth in total points amongst other wide receivers. So he stepped onto the NFL field and became a locked-in mid-tier wide receiver one, and he has managed to improve on that impressive 2020 season where he logged 88 receptions on 125 targets for 1,400 receiving yards and seven touchdowns. I mean, that stat line right there could be like a really solid NFL receiver's best season ever, and Justin Jefferson did that as a rookie. And now looking at this season for a 16-game pace, you know, I know it's 17 games now, but when we're comparing it like this season to past seasons, we've got to use 16-game pace. He played all 16 games in 2020, so that was 88 receptions, 1,400 receiving yards, seven touchdowns. This season in 2021, as a sophomore, Justin Jefferson is on pace for 105 receptions on 156 targets for 1,585 receiving yards and 10 touchdowns. That is absurdly good. And you know, it's totally possible that Jamar Chase goes out as a sophomore and replicates these numbers that Justin Jefferson is putting up. But I'd rather bet on the guy who has already put up the production and has just been an insane outlier, right? Like there are players who just drastically outperform expectations. So, you know, it's totally possible that Jamar Chase could do that. I would just rather have the guy that I know has put up that production and not have to project another absurd season on a guy where we have not seen it yet. I do understand that the quarterback position definitely kind of favors Jamar Chase here. He's going to be paired with Joe Burrow probably his entire career. And Joe Burrow, you know, looks like he's going to be set up to probably be a top 10 quarterback moving forward. Whereas with Justin Jefferson, he's paired with Kirk Cousins, who's sitting there at 33 years old. But I think, you know, looking at how well quarterbacks have aged as of late, you could probably rely on like four to five more years of similar like solid production out of Kirk Cousins. Another guy who kind of gets thrown in the mix could be CeeDee Lamb because he's paired with an elite quarterback in Dak Prescott for the foreseeable future. But I'm just going to be betting on the talent of Justin Jefferson. And you know, if we have to reevaluate the quarterback position for the Vikings in four to five years, I'm just going to have to live with that because I know I'm getting that production right up front and he can produce with anyone there, let's be honest. Now let's shift over to the quarterback position, and my number one quarterback is going to be Patrick Mahomes, and I totally acknowledge 
that there could be a few different quarterbacks thrown into the mix here. You have guys like Justin Herbert, Kyler Murray, and Josh Allen. All of those guys, you know, could be considered, and you could make rational arguments for all three of those players. Mahomes is older than those other three guys, sitting here at 26 years old, but I'm just not really super concerned about age. Obviously, you want a guy who's sitting, you know, as a young to mid 20 year old. Patrick Mahomes fits right in there at 26 years old, and I'm not going to panic about him being a few years older, you know, now that we're seeing quarterbacks thrive into their late 30s, especially the top tier guys, Tom Brady, I mean, playing at 44. Obviously, that's unheard of, but a guy like Aaron Rodgers, 38, playing at a high level. Drew Brees played into his 40s. Definitely wasn't, you know, the same guy as he kind of got later in his career, but still, he was someone who was performing at a high level into his later 30s. And this has definitely been a down year for Patrick Mahomes. There is no denying it. That offense as a whole looks a little off. I'm recording this video right after that Thursday night football game, so a great comeback. But still, that's just not the Chiefs offense that we have seen in years past. I'd rather bet on like the three-year sample before this than one year where things are just a little bit off and he has had a historic start to his NFL career. These are his fantasy finishes in his first three years as an NFL starter. So 2017, he was a rookie, started one game. We're just throwing that out. He took over as the starting quarterback in 2018, finished as the quarterback one in points per game, averaging 26.1 fantasy points per game. That is a crazy number especially, you know, with his first year being a starter. Then in 2019, took a little step back, averaging 20.5 points per game, finished as the quarterback five. Then in 2020, averaging 25 points per game and finished as the quarterback two. That was behind, I believe it was Kyler Murray. Oh no, that was actually Dak Prescott, who only played in five games before he got injured. And you're looking at the weapons around him. You know, Travis Kelsey kind of looked like he was slowing down a little bit. Then went out on Thursday night, absolutely balled out. But he is 32 years old, so he probably has, you know, one, two, maybe three more seasons of being like a top-tier elite tight end. But you're still, you're getting that for a few more years. Tyreek Hill sitting at, I believe, 27. He should have at least four more years of elite production. And he's going to be paired with a great head coach in Andy Reid. So I just think there's a lot to be happy about moving forward for Patrick Mahomes. And he's going to continue to dominate for the next, you know, 10, 12, maybe even like 15 seasons. And then the final position we're going to talk about, it is the tight end position. And I have Kyle Pitts here. This is probably the most clear cut ranking for any of these guys. You know, the easiest player to choose as my number one. And a big part of this decision just comes down to the age of some of these other top tier tight ends. The tight ends who have been dominating in the last few seasons are already or approaching that 30-year-old mark. Looking at George Kittle sitting at 28, Travis Kelsey, 32, Darren Waller, 29. You have Mark Andrews sitting at 25, but I'd still give the edge to Kyle Pitts, who's only 21 years old. That is absurd. He's one of the best tight end prospects of all time. And the way I describe him is he's basically a wide receiver playing the tight end position. And we know that wide receivers have a much higher ceiling for fantasy football. Demand as a wide receiver, when you just look at how athletic he is, and they're using him, you know, outside a fair amount in the slot, he's getting a lot of reps like a wide receiver, and he's had a really solid rookie season so far. I feel like it's kind of gone under the radar. On a 16-game pace, he is on track for 948 receiving yards, almost in a 1,000-yard season. That would be the second most ever for a rookie tight end, so really a historic season so far. 
The only reason I feel like it isn't being recognized like that is because he's only logged one receiving touchdown, which for fantasy has definitely limited his overall production. But I mean, this isn't something that's going to carry over every single season. But with him sitting here at only 21 years old, he could legitimately have 10 plus years of high-end tight end production on your roster. And I just really can't stress how impressive this rookie year has been, considering all the struggles that other rookie tight ends have gone through. Remember, this is a position where you kind of see breakouts two, three years into their careers. You know, that first year is a little rough. They continue to develop, and then they really hit that peak. Looking at some of these other elite tight ends rookie seasons. So first, just to give you Kyle Pitts, 16 game pace, 66 receptions, 948 receiving yards, and one touchdown. Obviously, the touchdown is the big negative there. Travis Kelsey, he missed his rookie season with injury, so we'll just go into the sophomore season. 67 receptions, 862 receiving yards, and five touchdowns. This is probably the most you know similar stat line to Kyle Pitts. Obviously, he has a little bit less in terms of the receiving yards, but he has four more touchdowns. And look at Travis Kelsey. The man has been elite high-end tight end one you know, for as long as I can remember. So that's kind of the most similar comparison here. George Kittle is a rookie, 43 receptions, 515 receiving yards, two touchdowns. That was in 15 games, not even coming close to the volume of Kyle Pitts. Darren Waller literally did nothing in terms of production until his fourth season where he came out with like over a thousand receiving yards. So he came out of nowhere. Zach Ertz obviously has fallen off a little bit, but you know, the last few seasons, he has been a top performer, 36 receptions, 469 receiving yards and four touchdowns. And then Mark Andrews, 34 receptions, 552 receiving yards and three touchdowns. Kyle Pitts is going to be a stud. He is only 21 years old. You're going to have him on your roster for 10 years, and he is going to be a dominant high-end tight end one for the majority of those seasons. So that is going to wrap it up for my number one dynasty assets at each position. If you enjoy the content, do me a favor, hit that like button and subscribe to the channel. But thank you guys for tuning in, and I'll see you in the next one.